Hey, girl. Big Mo. Just calling to say hello. That rhyme, and I didn't mean for it to, but we're gonna go with this, and at this tune, I'm gonna sing you a song, and I hope you sing along. I don't know how it turned into this, but the song is kind of shit, so I'll stop and I love you. I love you. That voicemail might give you a very good idea who the guest is today. You are listening to Breakfast for Dinner with Sarah the Human. I'm Sarah the Human, and this is the Songs of Surrender episode. This person is my favorite person in the world, and he also happens to be my husband, Bo Blake. I was trying to think of what I should do for the intro for Bo, because there's a million ways I could intro him. Then I found that voice memo on my phone randomly because I was clearing it out. My inbox was full. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect because I don't really even need to say anything. You get the gist. He is the best person ever. We recorded this episode on our seven-year wedding anniversary. We've been together for 10 years, married for seven, and this was kind of a fun way to commemorate the occasion. I feel like this episode is unlike any episode I've ever released. I don't know why it feels so different. I mean, my podcast is pretty casual anyways, but this one is just super casual. I mean, obviously we're very comfortable around each other and we're best friends and it really just felt like we were having a conversation that happened to be recorded and happened to be mic'd up, but we would have totally had this conversation if no one was listening to it, which I think is really special. Bo and I talk about our early years of marriage and what that was like moving from the South to LA. Obviously, that is a big change, and we went through a lot of changes personally, Um, and we talk about some celebrity sightings, a lot of fun stuff, really, and then we get into some deep stuff, too, about how after five years of our marriage, we actually um, edited our vows to one another and... We renewed them. It was We didn't have like a ceremony or anything, but we did it privately. I feel like Bo is probably our most anticipated guest yet just because I probably bring him up like every single episode. I don't mean to. I just can't help it because he's my best friend. And so now you finally get to hear from him and get to know him firsthand. Now what you've all been waiting for, Bo Blake. Wait, actually, you need to feed him. <laughs> Let me feed him. Okay, so I've taken over the show. Solo cast with Bo. Yeah, Bo. All right. Um, today is a very special day. It is our seven-year wedding anniversary. We have been married for seven years. We've been together for ten years, which we met each other right around this time ten years ago. May of 2013. Yeah, and then we got married May of 2016, and um, it's been a freaking ride. Yeah, it's interesting. I told a few people in my office that it's my seventh year anniversary, and everyone always has the same reaction because I'm like pretty young, just turned 30, so people can't believe that I've been married for seven years. Right. And it's like, yeah, I got married really young. Well, how how many times have you gotten that, like... Oh my gosh, you've been married for seven years? Like that type of 
response in LA because I've gotten that so much. Oh yeah, well in LA even more so than like Texas or something. Right, that's kind of what I was getting at because I feel like people in the South, it's so common for someone to be married for seven years if they're 30. Yeah. It's like not shocking at all. Right. But here, I mean, I'm 29. Yeah. And I still get, you're married? And they're like, oh, did you just get married? Right. I'm like, no. <laughs> and they're like, oh, when did you get married? You know, I'm like, uh... 2016 right you know? i know in texas and arkansas there, there's like people we still follow on instagram they it's just like vastly different feed from our friends here oh i know for a lot of reasons and one of them is a lot of them have kids and homes and and houses <laughs> i know it's weird it's like if i had dreamt of my life when i was 16 or 18 if i would have thought of myself at this age i would have thought Oh, I'd have a house and a couple of kids by now. And I would be married, so got one of those <laughs> dreams. Yeah. Um, How many kids by now in your well, dream? Well, when I was like in my teens, I wanted six kids. So when up. would you have had your first one in this I guess at like sequence? 20. I actually wanted... 20? Okay, I actually wanted to get married when I was 18 because when I dated Seth for two years, I was in high school and his sister... She got married when she was 18, and she married someone who I think was like 20, so she was two years younger than him, and so I wanted to get married when I was 18, because I just wanted to be married so bad, so it was like as soon as I could get married, I wanted to get married. We were married so young. I know. The idea of, I meet somebody today, and I'm like, how old are you? And they're like, 20. I, me at 20, I was a, a fucking child. I, yeah, no, same. I mean, I was very independent, but obviously super immature and like thought I knew everything which is childish (laughs) um but yeah it's one of those things where it's like I would never advise or recommend anyone to get married at 21 yeah and I would never do that again you were 22 was I 22 yeah oh I was 22 yeah that would be 29 math (laughs) math is hard um yeah okay so I would never advise anyone to get married at 22, whatever, same thing. But it was the best decision I've ever made. I mean, I don't regret it at all, really. Like, it's. Well, yeah, yeah. It worked out for us. We got lucky. Which is kind of been a theme in our life because at camp, we fell in love at camp. We were camp counselors at this Christian camp called Pine Cove. Um, And. Everyone kind of had like, not everyone, but a lot of people had like camp romance, summer love, you know, it's kind of like a bubble. So there's only 10 people to choose from basically. And then you kind of like get into the real world and you realize, oh, there's more people in the sea. Like, (laughs) Well, also you're just different. Like you, you weren't the same there as you were in the real world. No one is because it's such a like. Yeah. It's kind of like a greenhouse. Like, well, first of all. You're not allowed to cuss or drink or watch movies. Like you can't. You don't have time to do anything that you would normally do. You don't know right. the person. You don't know crime, robbery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they could be nothing. I wasn't allowed allowed to rob. No, you weren't allowed to rob. <laughs> so I they didn't wouldn't know allow me you. to rob. It... <laughs> but in the real world, you were just robbing left and right. 
I did go through a phase where I would rob. Did you? No, okay, I wouldn't rob. I would steal. <laughs> also, I don't like the word rob. Why are we using rob? I'm bringing back rob. Rob? You're like, I wouldn't like, rob? I wouldn't rob people. Like, <laughs> You're like, mug them first? And... I'm going to continue to use rob. I don't know why. You would rob Walmart? Like, yes, yeah. rob from Walmart? I would rob businesses stealthily. I just wanted to like impress my older friends, I think. Yeah. Steal like, what stuff. would you steal? It would be like, uh, I remember I stole a, what was it? Was that the Coors? What would I steal? Oh, man, I steal so much shit. Like Coors Light? Is that what you're saying? No, we were at the Coors Light factory in Colorado, and I, I stole. I that was a thing. Yeah, they got to make the beer somewhere. Okay. <laughs> 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 it's in Golden, Colorado. I don't know. I just thought this was like, you're like, I stole all the time. And it's like this very specific place. I can't that remember. you never are. You're only yeah. there like one time in your life. Yeah. I don't even recall what I would steal now. But I stole stuff yeah. from there. I this could... is the worst story I've ever told. <laughs> I used to steal all the time. Oh, yeah? Like what? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. You weren't expecting me to ask a follow-up question to that. <laughs> yeah, I Maybe like, I didn't steal. I feel like I stole some stuff. I, I think I remember stealing something with you, like a pair of socks. No. In Lubbock and Walmart. I think no, I No, that was before my time. You told me that story. Are you sure? Because I could have sworn it was for our... Phil and Lil. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Lil. Yeah, I think you did do I that. I did. And it was like for no reason. It was like you saved four bucks or something. Silly. Right. But I was a college student. And it hasn't and... been, it has been, no, it has not been 10 years. So you can be convicted for oh that God. crime. <laughs> Maybe I should really, uh, wait. Well, I also already shared on here that I did mushrooms. Um, oh yeah, I was saying like, I would have always thought I'd have like a house and kids at this point. Yeah. And... It's not that I, like, don't want those things in the future. Like, I probably do. It's just so different being in L.A. Like, since we've been here, we've made, what, like, a hundred friends that we've met out of all of our jobs and our churches. Like, probably a hundred people that we met that, like, we know where they live, right? And one of them is in yeah. the house. and we haven't robbed any of them. <laughs> no, we haven't. No, yeah. So I feel like it's really like a new chapter for us where we don't rob. Yeah, we've really matured. Yeah. In the past ten years, we have one friend in a house. Everyone else is in an apartment. Yeah. Even and we have older friends too. Like out of our friends, all of our friends are older. Yeah, all of our friends are older. Thirty-five, thirty-six, whatever, and everybody's in an apartment, and it's just like how it is here, you know. So I think that it's really deprioritized that where I. I would absolutely be fine to never own a house. It's also, I feel like your checklist of living situations is more specific. It's like, well, I guess that's all given with a house. So outdoor area, dishwasher, stuff like that. But anyways. Well, I guess it's just this idea of owning. I really don't. Mm -hmm. The idea of owning, I don't really care for like anything you right. know like ownership is just made up it's like yeah. i own this land it's like we're on freaking earth yeah you look at those like uh web telescope yeah in the in space like yeah. all the stars the james webb telescope and all those how many galaxies and it just makes property ownership 
in comparison to that is like, wait, what? Nobody owns Earth. Yeah, man, you can't own the land, man. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, this is going really well. This is going great. Okay. People are going to be so interested in <laughs> what we have to say. No, they really will. Actually, um, when I asked on my Instagram, like, a and a like, oh, you know, what should I talk about with this season two or whatever? Someone wanted to know what the little inconvenient details are and what the differences are of living in a big city. Oh, interesting. I know. Yeah. The biggest one, I would say, we probably agree with this, is the parking situation. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I don't like that question. Why? Because there's pros and cons. I don't, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, well, I, I asked a leading question. I don't even think they asked a leading question. I think they just said, what are the differences between small town living right. and it big just, city living? I mean, living? it's so nuanced to, am I being lame? I, yes, <laughs> just well, you know, like something that was different from Fort Worth. I'm just saying my parents, where they live, they have to drive, I think it's like 14 minutes to the grocery store out in the suburbs or whatever. And I, I'm right across the street from Whole Foods. Which that's amazing. And not only are we right across the street from Whole Foods, we have a pet store, hair salons, I can't think of anything else, but just like anything you would ever need. Yeah, amazing restaurants, amazing coffee shops. Literally anything Weed you stores, need, you can coffee walk shops. To. Yeah, but you know, other people in this city don't have that really. Yeah, it depends on the area of LA. I mean, there's definitely yeah. pockets. That Who are asked walkable. the question? Who asked this question? Uh, Trey Rosenbaum. Shout out to him. Idiot. <laughs> I'm Dumb you. question. No, he did not no, mean I'm it in a weird way. He didn't. Trey Rosenbaum. He's from Arkansas. You don't know him. You haven't met him. <laughs> He's my biggest fan. Where does Trey live? <laughs> he lives in Little Rock. I in think. Little Rock. I think. Yeah. I don't know. He listened to my podcast. You know what's funny about all that though is if you look up like list of best cities in America, it's like the most random suburb towns. It'll be like one in like Missouri. Yeah. This like one in Virginia. Rogers, Arkansas. Yeah, exactly. And it's they it's so like metric based. School district, highest rated. Safety this convenient you know uh location to hospital all that stuff it's like so math based and data driven and i would never live there ever right in rogers arkansas (laughs) right there's just some things you can't measure about a big city why would you never live there well why do you think millions of people live in new york city there's a reason they live there i know why you're asking me yes i'm asking you like you're asking me what i stole no, I'm asking you, why <laughs> do you choose to live in Los Angeles in yeah. this city that obviously comes with its inconveniences, it's expensive, blah, blah, blah. Why were you, Why are you like, I would never live in Rogers, Arkansas? No shade to Rogers. Right. Do I, I, do I get to give my hippie answer? You do. That's why it's not measurable. It's just the essence of the city. Yeah. So I live specifically in West Hollywood. We do together. We live together. We we're do. married and we yeah. live together. We've been married for seven years, so we live together. Correct. And we sleep in the same bed. Which actually is not a given. Some people not nowadays. Yeah, some people don't sleep in the same bed. And all power to them. Yeah, whatever. We okay, do. what were we talking about? We're talking about why do you like LA? Yeah, it's the essence of Los Angeles and West Hollywood specifically for me. 
is West Hollywood is there's a, a huge degree of freedom to be who you want to be. And I'm like not some bizarre, crazy, way out there person. But just having that autonomy to dress how I want to dress, have the ideas that I want to have within reason and share those ideas with other people in the community. And it's not like you're weird. You're or like, weird. You're not conforming to the status quo. Right. Like if you wanted to all of a sudden wear some eyeshadow to dinner. Right. It is literally no big deal. Not one person in the restaurant that you go to will even bat an eye. No, like, no one would be like staring at me. No. Like, why is he doing that? And then the other thing too is just like lifestyle decisions. Like, I feel like in Fort Worth where I'm from, the given is you have a nine to five job, mm, full-time yeah. job, you have benefits and you're saving up for a house or you have, you're paying off your mortgage and you're saving up for retirement. In here, like, nope, that's not the given. If there is a given and there's not, it's the opposite. It's the, I'm a gigger. I am a waiter at this restaurant and at this restaurant, but I'm trying to do photography. Yes. That's another thing about our friends here is most of them do not have a nine to five full-time job, which right. is so backwards. So most of them are in apartments and don't have that nine to five that have like these gigs that they do. Yeah. And we, both of us actually do have nine to fives. And we are so like an anomaly. Yeah, people, we're kind of weird. Yeah, people are like, oh, you don't like work for yourself, you know? Because <laughs> everyone's like an yeah. influencer. I have a bunch of influencer friends. And we always talk about the pros and cons of it. Because a lot of times they seek that stability. They're like, oh, I wish I could, yeah. you know, have a steady paycheck. And then I, a lot of times, I'm like, oh, I don't want to work for someone else. I want to work for myself. Right. But anyway, yes. The, Wide spectrum of different yes. occupations and ways people make money here. Like we just went to our friend CB's, um, his pop-up in West Hollywood for his clothing brand. And it was it, that's what he does is he's making clothes. Shout out to House of Carol. House of Carol. Check it out. What'd you, you made a comment about the hoodies. Oh, the most comfortable hoodie I've ever owned. Yeah. Straight up. And they're cool. <laughs> I haven't really taken it off. We... We went there like a week and a half ago. Yeah. I think I've worn it every single day. So go support House of Carol. Yes. It's so true. There's there's really no judgment here. Yeah. And it's so nice. I think the other thing I like about Los Angeles, just like selfishly personally, is the shared not shared passion, but a lot of people here care about the entertainment industry and film and television, of course. I mean it's Epicenter of the film and television industry around the globe, Los Angeles. And I love nothing more than to chat about a movie, chat about a television show. And so many people here love to do that and speak my language, speak that language. Yeah, like pick apart a film and the acting and the directing and the cinematography. Yeah, like Oscars, like people actually are like watching the Oscars. The joke is the Oscars is our Super Bowl. Right. When we first moved here, do you remember, we just assumed that people were going to watch the fo- like football games? Right. You know, because we got here in the summer, so the football season was about to start, and we were like trying to find friends who watched the football games. Right. You know, we're like, are you going to watch the game? You know, you going to watch the game? Was. What game? Nobody. What do you mean? It's uh, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, not, not nobody. Like, there are people 
who are sports people, but right. the overwhelming culture is movies and like film and TV. It's flipped. Where we came from, I don't know what the percentage are. We're gonna make up percentages. Like ninety percent of the people in my sphere of influence watch the game or were invested in the season of a football team. Yes. And here it's ten percent. Yes. Of my sphere of influence cares about. Football. For sure. And there could, and 10% back home might be really into movies and right. TV or whatever. It's just not yeah. like the overwhelming culture. Yeah. So, what I was saying is parking lots. We don't have parking lots. And that is something I gotta hand it to. We middle. don't have parking lots. <laughs> what is that from? Seinfeld? I don't know. Oh, okay. I parking it. lots. Is that a thing? I think that's how he talks. I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard that. It seems like you're setting up a joke. I'm not setting up a joke. I'm just saying I got to hand it to Middle America because they have parking lots. And we don't. And it's so annoying. I don't like parking lots. Well, okay. We disagree on this matter. Parking lots. The energy of parking lots. Don't like it. <laughs> that's When there's an fair. empty parking lot, which yeah. most of the time I feel like they're empty. Yeah. It's like a Walmart parking lot, there's so many vacant spaces that are never used unless it's the day before Thanksgiving. It's not. You know what I like about LA? Celebrity sightings. Oh my God. Like, I think you can call me silly or whatever. I think it's really fun. It's so It's just so bizarre to like see someone that you know from the movies or whatever it is at like a bar. It's so bizarre. It's just like, I feel like I know this person. Even though I don't. This morning. It's kind of cool. Yeah, this morning I saw Al Pacino. Yeah, that's a good one. That's honestly, that might be the best one I've seen. Al Pacino. No. You think Angelina Jolie? Yeah. Well, Harry the Styles? Same, <laughs> yeah, those are all in the same tier. Florence Pugh. Oh my God. Okay, yeah. Being so in the, LA okay, is let, me, let me be clear. This is in the wild. This is in so the wild. So going to a yes. concert, I work on set. I work on the lot, so seeing someone on the lot or seeing someone at a premiere that I work doesn't count. No. That's work. Like you went to the SAG Awards? Is that where you went? I went to the uh, Critics' Choice Awards. Critics' Choice and Awards. And I saw everybody. So yeah. But that doesn't count. You're on the red carpet, so like you see everybody on the red carpet. But yeah, yeah. it doesn't count. So this is like in, in uh, a, at a restaurant, at a coffee shop, in Malibu, like Yeah, whatever. they're just living their lives. Oh yeah, yeah I saw, uh, what's his name? Ed Norton. Ed Norton getting a smoothie in Malibu. Yeah. Gosh, that was weird. That was crazy. And I saw Dak Shepard. I forgot. Yeah. Literally my hero. That is so freaking fun and that never gets old. I think it's fun. It's so fun. And yeah, we... We've run into some people twice. Like who? BJ Novak. Ran into him twice. Oh yeah, we did. And then Rebel Wilson. Oh ran my into God. Her okay, twice. this is actually a really good story. We went to this improv comedy show, and it was a pretty intimate theater. Gosh, that place was a shithole. It's so awesome. Yeah, it was. It was, like, grimy, you know, but, like, kind of fun. And it was Brandon Scott Jones and who else? The other two guys. Drew Tarver. Drew Tarver. I think, yeah, from the other two, which I love. I want to say Brad Simpson, but that's a producer. Oh, no, it was uh, the guy who Jimmy Simpson. goes to my chiropractor. Yeah, that's right. Another that's thing. another one. Yeah. That's another guy you ran into twice. Well, more than twice. More than twice. We were like on the regular chiropractor stage. Well, that, uh, the first one doesn't count, though, I guess. Because he was on stage. Doesn't count. Yeah, that doesn't count. Okay, anyway. So we're at this improv comedy show, and uh, the theater's like pretty much full, and the usher whatever brings me and you and two of our friends to this row 
and I sat right next to Rebel Wilson. And um, it was funny because after the show, Brandon Scott Jones, I think it was him. Yeah, he was like, did, did she laugh? Like, was she laughing? Oh, that's funny. And she really wasn't laughing. Oh, really? Like, I mean, she was la- like, like slightly to It was herself. hilarious. Yeah. But I just said um, yes. Interesting. That's really interesting. And, I didn't know that. And then we ran into Rebel one week later. One she week sat later. right behind me El at El Compadre. Yeah. Um, well, who's your favorite celeb sighting that you've seen? Well, my first one back in 2016, 2017 yeah. was Amy Adams. And what was special about that one for me, I had never seen another celebrity. That's actually not true. Ran into Bill Clinton at that basketball game in Arkansas. Do you remember that? That doesn't count, though. He was, like, there presenting an award. But we ran into him on the concourse. That's true. And I didn't know he was going to be there. That's pretty And all of a sudden, we kind of bumped into this, like, big crowd that was, like, doing something. And I look up, and it's just Bill Clinton four feet from me. That was a really bizarre... When it, it like, catches you off guard and blindsides you, it's weird. Totally. I mean, the whole world knows who that is. Right. So, for Amy Adams, I went to this coffee shop where I was walking in. And she would like saw me coming. She just was like chatting with her friend or whatever. And we just made eye contact. And I made eye contact with this woman. And then I realized it was Amy Adams. And I almost passed out. Oh my God. <laughs> I just was like. Because she was so I think pretty. My, like, oh, she was very gorgeous. But I think my brain. And she didn't brain, have like makeup on? No, or? she was, didn't, no. She looks worse in the movies than she did Aww, that day. That's awesome. And then I did see her again. At a press junket, but that doesn't count. But yeah, I think my brain was just didn't understand because it was that was supposed to be like a fake person, pretty much. It's pretty cool though. I know that most of them have been at press junkets for you, but you have been in the same room as Matthew McConaughey, Jamie Lee Curtis, Bono, right? Or no, he wasn't no, there. He wasn't there. He was, well, we have been at, Dude, that's at I, a concert. I told you that they did a uh, FYC event with Bono on the Edge and David Letterman. And no. I could have gone. No. I just didn't realize it was happening. Oh, no. I could have, like, met him, probably. Bo is obsessed with Bono. I am obsessed with Bono. What do you call him? Like, your guru? Bono is my guru. Yeah. Yeah. How so? I don't know. I mean, why? He's, why is that? He, do I have to ask his permission? Do it? I don't is know Is he my unofficial work? guru? I don't know how gurus work. Bono, yeah, he's my guru. He, I do love his music, like, so much. But it's not even about that. It's just how he makes art and how he lives his life is something to aspire to be like. How does he make art and how does he live his life? Well, for one, when they started U2, they you know made three albums. I think it was three or four. And then they decided to reinvent themselves. So instead of just doing what they do best and keeping their fans, and they tried something new. It became an entirely different band, essentially. Not an entirely different band, but an entirely different sound. And I thought that was amazing. I wasn't alive, but I thought retrospectively, it was like, wow, the guts to do that. And it was to the against the advice of all their their peeps, right, all their reps. Like, this isn't a good idea. This, it's not a good idea. And they did it like four times. They just always took big risks. And their music comes from such a deep place within each of their souls, whoever wrote the song, whoever contributed the song. And it's so fluid. I'm reading his book right now, and it, he started working on these lyrics while he was in Africa. 
And meanwhile, they, he didn't realize it, but the Edge was working on a little riff. And they those two elements of the song were destined to be together. Whoa, I didn't know that. Where the streets have no name. Oh, I love that. And that kind of style of art where it's form and flow, the marrying of those two, of letting your heart lead you where it leads you, but also like being good at the craft of what you do and honing those skills and finding that, that intersection. I could talk about them for hours. <laughs> well, tell me about their albums because you were telling me about the names of their three albums. It was like right. Innocence. Songs of Songs of, Songs of Experience. Right? No, no, no. No, Songs of Innocence was... The first Their one. last three albums were Songs of Innocence, and then it was Songs of Experience, and then it, the last one that just came out was them rewriting their old songs, and it's Songs of Surrender. And I thought that painted such a beautiful picture of maturity and such a beautiful picture of evolution, where you are innocent, innocent and they were, and their songs, they admit have this innocent quality to them where, I don't know, but they, you know. Yeah, then they go into Songs of Experience where it's like, okay, they live some life, they're older now, you know, whatever. It's just such a natural progression in evolution or in your life as growing older into a more full human being or a more, what do you call that, spirit-led person. You're innocent and then you're experienced, but then there's almost like a reversion back to innocence where you're like, I know nothing. Yeah. Uh, the older surrender. I get, the less I know. Yeah. Totally. And he does say that in one of his songs. Almost like this, the songs of experience are recognizing that the songs of innocence were written from a place of innocence and not really a mature point of view. And but then it's, like, there's beauty in that. There's, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's not like a bad thing. Yeah. It's just like... The, it's just like an awareness because right. when you are in the space of writing the Songs of Innocence album, yeah. you are not aware that you're in that like immature Typically state. Typically not. It's just like, but it's also it's filterless. incredible. Like what are some songs from the album? I'd have to pull up my Spotify, honestly. But what's cool about it is if you think about like the best things about children who are so innocent, mm, it's just mm-hmm. this like pure truth. And it's joy, not weighed down joy. by identity or any of that stuff, but it is lacking in the experience department of like, hey, look, I've been down this road. I know how this goes. This is actually how it is. This is how life is. And while there's so much beauty in the innocence and this like pure truth coming through, there's a huge amount of value in experience. And then I feel like that next stage is just this surrender. I think you two is the bomb. I'm so thankful that they're still together, and we're gonna go see them in October. We are in birthday Vegas. gift from my parents. Thank Very you, excited. Robin and JB. At the Sphere. That's gonna be great. Which, um, what I love about how they, for songs of surrender, they rewrote their songs that they already wrote and like yeah. changed some of them. That just for me, as a creative person, gives me so much freedom because. Mm-hmm. Something that's really tricky that I don't... People who don't create that much, like, might not have experienced this. But so often I put out something into the world. And then literally one month later, I evolved past it. Right. Where it's like, 
if I had waited one month, I might not have put that Instagram caption out. I might not have put that. Yeah, because you you're know, changing. Whatever, because you're constantly evolving. You're constantly well, changing. I hope so. Yeah. I want to. I know. So the fact that they could own like, hey, I see my songs from two albums ago and I like them, the essence of them enough to put them in this album. But there are some things that I disagree with myself. Right. about and so i'm gonna change those lyrics yeah i think it's cool i mean here's what's it gives me so much freedom as a creator as well because they were they put out they said send it like put it on the album and go sell it it's not complete and i don't know if they knew that at the time or not but it gave me the freedom to i can release artwork and share artwork that's not complete because it's never i'm always like i would never it's not quite right it's not quite right that's okay. Send yeah. it out there. It's going to be great for somebody or it's going to be... It's art, so it's fine. They're, if they live to be 90 and they're still making music, they could do an album where they rewrite the songs of Songs of Surrender. Those songs aren't complete. And I know. So like in six years from now, right. they could look at they could rewrite songs of the songs Surrender. They rewrote. There could be some title that they don't even think about yeah. that's coming next and they could rewrite those songs. Like yeah. the, the thing is like you have to release the songs of innocence album like you have to release that like imperfect work out it's important it's just as important to release the like innocent work out as it is to release the more okay now i'm gonna refine this work or whatever right it's part of the process yeah and people appreciate it i think because totally. if i could own one of da vinci's sketches that was just him fucking around in a notebook. I mean, I, I, that would be extremely valuable to me. So true. And I think art like that, like paintings, is such a good way to um, think about art in all forms. Like whether it's writing music or writing a book or writing a film, like whatever. If you think about a painting, when, when do you decide it's complete? Like you could just keep going forever on a painting. You could keep like changing yeah. things, especially if it's abstract. You could just like layer on layer on a million times and you just have to be and it really So when is something complete then? Like when is something when is something shareable to you? Well I think that complete I guess I'm changing that word complete to perfect and I just think it's never going to be perfect. So what is the not to Bring it back to metrics, really. What's your threshold for yeah. when it's time to share the thing you're working on? Because you edit these podcasts, you know, you edit out ums, or maybe you, there's a section that's like, you're like, that's kind of boring, or whatever, you edit that out. When do you say good enough, or when do you say it's time to send it on its way? Yeah, I guess I would say like 85% to 90%, and then there's always... 10 to 15% where it's just like, this is not perfect. You so if know? you could put a percentage, and I don't like doing this exercise, on your book, <laughs> what was it? On my book? Um, ooh, that's tough. I mean, I would say at the time that I like finished it. Yeah, that's it, what I'm talking about. At yeah, the time. at the time that I finished it, I would say uh, 90. Like I felt like 90% because yeah. I'm never going to be, it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be like done, done. Um, so I'm just going to release it or whatever. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that might even be that well, percentage. Well, it's dumb, like, it could dumb be to like, put metrics on it. Yeah, honestly. it is dumb to put metrics on it. But this conversation we're having right now, this is the type of conversations I can have with most of my friends here in LA. Okay, these types of conversations, though, this is what you and I talk about literally every single day. We talk about... Every day. It, like, we go on a walk in the mornings, and we just riff off of each other for an hour. It's great. It's great. It's so fun because it's complete autonomy to just express ideas about these kinds of things it's stuff like that where i'm like ooh, maybe it's this right and sometimes it's the dumbest thing and it's like "Eh, nah you know (laughs) that's just so great to be able to like let me try this out on you we're just really aligned we're so aligned and we love spending time with each other not to say we don't want alone time sometimes and stuff like that. Like, sure. Yeah, I just think I've never met anyone who I can spend as much time with as I can with you. I feel like I'm a difficult person for other people. I get annoyed with anyone one on one, and for some reason, I just ten years in, I haven't with you yet. Same. But other people, it's like four days. I'm like, want to blow my brains out yeah (laughs) so every year at our anniversary i think we've done this every year not necessarily intentionally we just have done it what where we've said it keeps getting better and better our relationship yeah every year we're kind of like in bewilderment there's a country song about that really and i thought i loved you true it is like that it's exactly like that not to be annoying i mean we did have i would say we had a couple months of like a really hard time where we were questioning our faith, right? Yeah, there was a disalignment. There at was one point for the first time in five years of our marriage, right? And but it was, I think that was the biggest thing for the disalignment was huge for us to get to a, where we are now to like an even more aligned alignment. I don't know if it's more aligned, but we both traveled together to a place we both wanted to be. Does that make sense? So yeah, like we were. I guess like we were super aligned. We were super aligned before, before. this disalignment happened. Now we're super aligned again. It's yeah. just totally different space than what we were before. Right. I've shared this analogy with some of our friends, but I feel like you're like a jet engine, where you. As far as like change, you want new things, you want new ideas, you want to explore things, and you're just going, going, going. Question things. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like the parachute to your jet engine, and I like am like, hold on, why don't we like, just take a take a breather here before you go, believing in whatever it might be or Reiki healing or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Crystals, hold on a beat. Yeah. And, uh, but you do drag me with you in a way. And then at other times we kind of like leapfrog or whatever, but I like the, the jet engine parachute. For sure. Because I'm very careful. I'm very like. Just uh, cautious. I don't yeah. know. Like you think through things. It's not, <laughs> you think through things Hardly more than though. I do. <laughs> now I'm thinking about when we first moved to LA and we didn't have any jobs and we got that apartment that we could not afford. Oh my God. How much did we have in savings when we? Like four grand, but we blew it all on our rent because our rent was seventeen hundred, 
We had one income, and we had to pay double the rent for the down payment because we didn't have jobs. Yeah, so that was like all of our savings, and then uh, I remember I was making like twelve hundred a paycheck. So when I got a paycheck, I had to like save five hundred dollars of one paycheck to pay rent with the next paycheck. Right. It was just so stressful, which obviously that leaves like no money for bills and food for two people. Like it was, it was tough, super hard, which was so funny because our honeymoon was, well, we, we did go to Costa Rica on like a regular honeymoon. We right? did two honeymoons. Yeah, we did. Two trips. First one was right, right after we got married. Yeah. First one was like typical, go to Costa Rica, chill at a resort, whatever. And then second honeymoon was atypical. Definitely. It was the John Muir Trail. We hiked 211 miles and we backpacked the whole time. <laughs> and um, Oh, yeah. You, I know what you're getting at. Yeah. The like, juxtaposition between that lifestyle and the trail and the lifestyle when we got to LA. Yeah, because everyone was saying, oh, you guys are brave. Like, that's yeah. a real test of marriage that Big you're test. backpacking in the wilderness together for 18 days. It was so easy. It was so easy. Relationship wise. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously it was, it was super hard. It was like <laughs> the hardest thing challenges. I've ever done. No, I got but like a tattoo because it was like the hardest thing I've ever done. It but was, as far as our relationship, we yeah. were like in it together. Where it was like you and me versus the mountain, you and me versus the hunger. It was also so simple. What are we doing today? We're walking. Right. That's what we do every day, Pinky. You're not thinking about money. You're not like you're just. There is no in, currency out there. No, you're your just, currency was like, stu- like trinkets you could trade with the PCT through hikers and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it was so simple and beautiful, and I kind of love it. People were just like, "Oh my god, you guys are brave to do that as a married couple." Blah blah blah, and that was a piece of cake as far as our relationship goes. And then right after that, we moved to LA. Neither of us have jobs. We know like literally two people. We didn't have a place to live. So we're like living with one of the two people that we knew here. Yeah, that was brutal. I mean, well, then it was nice. Their house is nice. Yeah, their house is nice. They're the one people that we know of the house. That's right. We lucked out there. <laughs> so we lived with them. But it's like the first year of our marriage was definitely the, the hardest worst by far. it was definitely the worst like but i just remember to highlight remember when i put that kiddie pool on the roof oh my god that was so cute <laughs> wait yes tell that story. we had like a ladder right by our door like up to the roof and there was like this really heavy lid you had to like lift up and somehow i got a kiddie pool up there and i set up like a little like it was like a beach day but on the roof and we like put our feet in the little kiddie pool we made drinks and laid out. It was, and you could see the Hollywood. It was an sign. operation, though. We, yeah, we could see the Hollywood sign from there, which was epic. I had to get like the hose from the neighboring apartment complex and like run it all the way up there. Did you really? Did you steal it? You robbed it. I, I robbed their you, water. You robbed their hose. Oh my gosh. Um, that was They're so. They were looking cute. for me. There were so many things that were special about that apartment, like our neighbors. Oh, our neighbors were great. So Hollywood's like. It has a large Russian population. We had these Swedish Russian neighbors, um, Constantine, who owned the little deli down the street, which was so like felt so local and um, special. And then what was Paulina? 
Paulina was the old lady. Yeah. Paulina, like, when I'd go out on the balcony, she would be, her balcony was, like, next to ours. And (laughs) she was so, I could never hear what she was saying. (laughs) She would talk so So quiet. So, Russian, uh, yeah, English was not her first language. Yeah, but also her voice, she was so But she was so quiet to where I'd be like, hi, Paulina, how are you? I'm so sorry. It's like the girl in Pitch Perfect. And, you know, it'd be sometimes, yeah, uh-huh. And I was just like, I can't hear you. I'm so sorry. I remember one night I was actually thinking, I am in a movie. Eight apartments in that. Yeah, there were, so there was eight apartments. and We I, knew yeah, everybody. There was one night where I was like, I am living a movie because our downstairs neighbor, yeah. he was an opera singer. And our neighbor that was also downstairs, but to the left of him, he was playing video games. Yeah. And so I could hear... It was such hear, a city experience. It really was. in helicopters. So helicopters were above me, helicoptering. Theo was singing opera. He had a beautiful At voice. the top of his lungs. It was really, really beautiful. I loved it every time he did that. Dan was screaming, fuck you! Like, just screaming, like, expletives. How do you say that? Yeah. Screaming expletives at the TV, playing video games. I was just like, this is living. I I love it. I loved, I loved Theo singing opera. I would lay on the floor because you could, like, hear it better with, like, your ear against the floor. And I would just listen to him sing. And it was, like, so beautiful. I missed that apartment. That was a really cool apartment. It was a great apartment. But and then we, we were suffering. And we yeah, had financially, to get out of there. financially, we we're like, oh my God, we cannot afford this. Well, okay, the reason we chose it was we were coming from essentially living in a three bedroom, two bath house, right? That was your Lubbock house? Yeah, the last semester I lived by myself in the three bedroom, two bath. Yeah. <laughs> which was, has a privilege thing, but yeah. Yeah, so you were you were living in that, and then we get to LA, and we're like, okay, we have to have a dishwasher. Are you kidding? Remember, we had a dishwasher in there. Oh my god! <laughs> I know. That was great. So it wasn't a very good dishwasher, but at least it would wash things. It, it was fine. You know, I would take it again in heartbeat. But um, we're like, well, we have to have a dishwasher. We're like, well, we have to have a one bedroom. We can't have a studio with two people. And then there are all these things like we have to have central AC. Yeah. We have to have a parking spot, blah, 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 blah. And 1700 is really what you're looking at with all of those requirements. It just was what it was. It was like, we're like, okay, we guess weren't we're willing to compromise. It. And then afterwards, we're like, oh my God, I guess we got to live in a studio. I guess we got to compromise. And then we didn't have central AC. We didn't have a dishwasher. Like we just kind of let a lot of our stipulations go. And we were in this 500 square foot studio with waffles, right? Uh, for well, when we were in the two years, it was just the stress of not having enough money to live here. Yeah, that really was hard. So since then, over time, we've just like grown our wealth over and over. Oh you my know. gosh, so much better! Thank God, yeah, we we can finally Dude, that studio afford though, to live here. The studio was awesome, 1,200 a month. Yeah, and it was. Fine. It was fucking small. It was very small. 500 square feet. I remember, I have one memory of your siblings came to visit. So <laughs> yeah. there's three of them. We have a 
Was it a king size bed? Yeah. Yeah, we had we a king size bed. bed in so the it took studio. up half of the apartment, the entire oh. apartment, and then we had a couch. Yeah. And so we have Sarah's three siblings staying with us. So one's on the couch, and the other two on our, are on our camping mats. Oh yeah. That we had, or maybe an air mattress. For I think the it John was Mere our Trail. camping mats from the John Muir Trail. Yes. And my buddy. And we had waffles and a cat. And we had a cat. And my buddy Clark calls me. Hey, dude, I'm in L.A. Can I come crash on your couch? I was like, uh, there's no couch to crash on. You're like, honestly, no. But you're welcome to come sleep here under our roof on the floor. And he was like, all right, I'll see you soon. <laughs> we were like, what the hell? 500 square feet, six people. I mean, it was hilarious. And he's hilarious. also, like, super tall. That yeah. it's, like, it's not like a small person. Yeah. It's like, yeah. What that the, was great. like, we have so many people in this tiny apartment. That was apartment. just such a fantastic memory. That was great. And we'd have people over and it's like, sit on the floor. We That's don't have chairs, guys. Yeah. We don't have a table. We don't have a table for us to sit at and have we dinner. Didn't. You go on you're the coffee right. table and it's like you're... You're right. It's like you're in, uh, where do they sit on the floor? India. I cherish those studio times. I do times. too. I really do. Like, I'm so glad that we had that experience. It was mostly positive. Yeah, it was. And we, okay, so this was great. We were planning on moving out. It's like, all right, it's time oh, yes. to get out of the studio. And we're going to like, we're looking for one bedrooms. And then we ended up, we're like, all right, we're going to move in with the roommate into this oh, two yeah, bedroom. Oh, yeah, we should talk about that. That we're in right now. And like our goal was to move out end of January. Yeah, like end of January. Yeah. And then someone comes and knocks on my door and they're like, hey, we're trying to incentivize people to move out so we can renovate their, their apartments. We'll give you ten thousand dollars and your your deposit back if you move out by the end of January. Straight up. And then we were like, hmm, I have to think about it. <laughs> we were like, oh my god, because we hadn't told them that we wanted we, to move yet. Yeah, we hadn't. So told we were them. like, thank God we didn't tell them yeah. that we wanted to move yet. So it was just a that was the, so long, and we fucking needed we the money. Did. We did not spend that on. We had to spend that on like groceries. We spent it we, on moving because you have to yeah. pay. You know, the security deposit and everything, like, it was like we spent it on In our credit card debt. Moving. It was like, I know. it wasn't like, sweet, we got this extra cash. It was like, thank no. God that shit came. Yeah. Then. The universe really has had our back. That came out of nowhere, obviously. And it yeah. was just so exactly what we needed. It, well, okay, so then we moved into the apartment we're in now, which is a two-bed, two-bath in West Hollywood. That's honestly a pretty epic area of L.A. Like, it's probably like... Within the top five desirable locations of all of LA, I would, I would say. say on a lot of lists it would be that, yeah. Yeah, and we couldn't afford it when we moved in three years ago to pay the whole thing, and so we got a roommate to Hannah. live in. Yeah, <laughs> shout out, shout out to Hannah. We were doing a lot of shout outs. I a lot never, of shout outs. I never really do shout outs. Shout out. But we're doing them this time. Yeah, so we got a roommate. Best roommate ever. Best roommate ever. It's so funny because... <laughs> so, this was January of 2020. 2020. And we were like, oh my god, we're going to get a roommate. Having a roommate's no big deal. Yeah. You're going to be at work all the time. Yes. We were like, we're never here. Because we weren't. Never. I'm constantly at work. You were constantly traveling. We were at church like Volunteering all church. the time. We're like we're never actually at home, so it's not that big of a deal to like have somebody also never actually at home because she was super busy she too. She was so busy too. And then the pandemic happened, and in LA it was like hella lockdown. 
where you like have to be in your apartment and you only go out no to go to the grocery store. And no one was going to the, into the office. No, we were we were mandatory remote. So now all three of us are just like stuck in this apartment 24-7 for two years, yeah. right? Or a year and a half we stayed together? Uh, yeah, October of 2022. So yeah, we just happened to choose the worst timing ever to get a roommate because on it but honestly even though it was during the pandemic it went still super well like it was yeah she was such Again, a good roommate we lucked out because it would just all happen to get along and like to watch the bachelor that helped yeah we like to watch the bachelor and we introduced her to harry potter so we watched all the harry potters oh yeah i forgot about that it was kind of fun though it was like friends at one point you know where you like live with your best friends yeah, what are some other fun stories of LA? Because well, what was the point of having me on? Is there like a thing? <laughs> I mean, we could talk about if we if we want to get more serious, we could talk about you know the extreme changes we've been through. We we touched on it a little bit. Yeah, no, that's true. So yeah, it was our anniversary because it's our anniversary today. It is today. Yeah, not yesterday. Not today. yesterday. Today. Right. And. I like our marriage because we change together, which I think is really special and really and powerful. And it's cool because we were talking about Bono and The Edge and U2 um, altering their songs that are classics. And that mm-hmm. they honestly, they do love those songs and they sing them for 35, 40 years. Um and we did that with our vows at our five year two years ago, and it was really fun to like edit them, yes. alter them. Yes, because for example, we got married at twenty two and twenty three uh-huh. under the ideas, ideals, and beliefs that, for one, we would never get a divorce because the Bible says not to. Right. Well, that was the game changer, right? Is we openly spoke the words. You have permission to leave. It is big because we were we were people that were just like pretty committed to the ideology of death to us part. And that's beautiful. Songs of innocence, if you will. It really <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, through, that was our, our songs of innocence. through our experience, we've seen that that's not necessarily a hard and fast rule you should stick to. We talk about a successful marriage and the definitions of that now. If someone's married for 40 years and then they get a divorce, that's a successful marriage if you ask me. Beside the point. Yeah, of course. I think we realized that the idea of a black and white rule, a hard rule, an absolute rule of we never get divorced until death do us part, that's not actually helpful. And in a way, at this point, it's hurtful. And what we did is we surrendered that. Mm. And we actually spoke to each other. Hey, it's totally fine if you want to leave. And then my uh, renewed vows to you, I just expressed that. Of like, I see our relationship. We're we're always going to be connected. It doesn't matter really what happens at this point. And no matter where we are in life or where we are on the globe, we'll always have that connection. And we'll always have each other. So you can... Do whatever you want. I want to personally have a sleepover with you every night. And then you wanted to do that with me too and still do. Yeah. 
but that freedom, it was like moving out of the studio apartment. It was like, huh, a breath of, I mean, it just felt like a new life. So since then, it was like, we want to be together. We're choosing to be together every single day. Well, I want, I want it to last. You know, I want, I, I like this a lot, Same. you know. <laughs> so we're going to have a sleepover tonight. Yeah, we And are. I want to keep it going. And we're going to watch You've Got Mail. Yeah, we're going to finish You've seen. Got Mail. I've never seen it. I, I want to keep that going. I like, I absolutely am obsessed with my friendship with you. I do think we were destined to be together. Yeah, which one more thing I wanted to address, which is, is along these lines, but I've been extremely public about my journey deconstructing from Christianity and just mm-hmm. coming into this new space of being, I don't know, a mystic. I don't like to put a label on it, but just being very like agnostic even, but definitely a slight bent towards way more spiritual. I've been extremely open about my journey on so many topics and you're just not like a social media person. You're also a person where you hold a lot of your cards close to your chest. Like we're definitely opposites in that way. Like you kind of like to... You're hard on the sleeve. I'm not so much. Right. Literally everyone. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. (laughs) Literally everyone asks me and wants to know, well, what does Bo think? about all your changes like what does Bo think about all this huh and so i don't know i just want you to speak for yourself <laughs> what you think about all this and okay yeah like what your perspective is you know it just came to me as yeah. far as my perspective yeah when we fell in love lake palestine on the lake in my truck first time I you told, told me mm-hmm. you love me i fell in love with a flower bud and i was so in love with that flower bud and I still am, but what I experienced in the last three years was just simply the flower bud that I was in love with blooming into a flower. Oh my god. I never heard you say that. I just thought of it, so just conceived it. That is what this journey has been like. I don't know anything other than that. That's the truth of you. That is what happened. (laughs) I love you. Um, That's so beautiful, what you said. It really is. And um, even though you were describing, like, I'm the rocket ship, you're the parachute, we're still connected. Well, once you reach exit velocity you float at the same speed the parachute and the rocket we're in space yeah we're in space floating yeah we are that's where i like to be there's no like there's no like doctrine that is a gravitational pull on us at this moment yeah and that there's no ideology there's no belief system that tethers us to anything no so it really is just an exploration at this point Talk about day one of life. Finally, you get to a point where mm-hmm. you have no parameters. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find this out for myself. That's been a beautiful thing. And my favorite part about it is we're doing it together. Mm. I love you so much. I love you. And thank you. 
for having this convo with me. Yeah, no, I'm happy to, to come on your podcast. I was a little nervous, but this has been really fun. You're like our most anticipated guest I don't, of all time. I don't know about that, but... I think you are. I really think people want to hear from you and want to know you. Do you want to have a sleepover tonight? I would love to have a sleepover tonight. Um... <laughs> You're trying to land this ship, but you forgetting that we're in space. Yeah. We're not landing. We're not. We're just going. We're just going.